Welcome, everybody. Week five of the Home Dogs podcast. Mike, Mark, and Travis here. The Home Dogs are licking their wounds this week in a big way. After going one and four in week four, we fell to nine, ten, and one on the season in the Westgate Super Contest, where we pick five games every week. It's the Super Bowl of sports betting. We are entered for the fifth year in a row. We are in 654th place out of roughly 1,200, so we dropped from around, I think we were in 333rd last week. This past week was a tough one. We had one nice cover with the Ravens, and that, was, that wasn't even that easy. We only covered by one point, and then we had the Falcons on Monday night, the Dolphins, the Jags, Detroit, four brutal dogs that all did not come through for us. I was pretty despondent watching these games. I was ready to throw in the towel on everything that I've thought I've learned over the years in NFL betting. I texted these guys to take a look in the mirror. You know, my usual overreaction on a Monday, a losing Monday. Mark, I'll start with you. What have you learned over the quarter, the first quarter of this NFL season so far? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to say. I think it's this is a, a hard year to read thing read things just with the no fans, the COVID. Um, there's so many unknown variables that I feel like the system that we've kind of honed over the last like four years is kind of hard to apply. So I I, I think you know we tend to lean towards dogs. I don't know if it's maybe going with more favorites going forward. Um, but I, again, I don't want to abandon everything either. Um, so maybe this was just an, an aberration week, you know, this week we'll, we'll return to towards the mean. Um, so I, I, I'm like hesitant to overreact, but, uh, you know, it is kind of a difficult season where there's a lot more variables involved. Yeah. I mean, favorites this year are 42, 18 and one straight up and that's only straight up. So that means a lot of people are winning their money line parlays and their teasers. Dogs are 30, 29 and two against the spread. So they are more profitable, uh, by far. Unfortunately, we're just not picking the right ones. Um, my question is, like you said, you don't want to abandon the process that we've had, but are we becoming too reliant on betting trends? It seems like everybody has the Action Network out app. Shout out to the Action Network. They do a great job. And we generally look for those games that are a low percentage of the bets, but a high percentage of the money. And that means that you know the ticket count is high on one side, which is generally what the public is taking. They're, they're betting smaller amounts than the, than the big, sharp, professional bettors or the betting syndicates, which would signal when the high percentage of the money is on one side that, that the sharps are hammering that side. And we've always kind of trended towards that. But it seems like all the experts are kind of onto that game now, whether you're listening to other gambling podcasts or reading articles on the Action Network or ESPN Chalk, everybody's kind of trending towards the same sort of games that we've always liked. And we've been taking those games and they've been losing I'm, I'm just pointing out a few this year, Atlanta in week one against Seattle. Philly week two against the Rams week three. That was the Saints over the Packers, the Washington football team over the Browns. And then last week, pretty much all four of the dogs that we took. Trav, is it crazy for me to say that I am done with dogs because I can't handle bad coaching, bad defense and bad quarterback play? I mean, it's tough because I think in the past we've always said, you know, that's where you make your money. Uh, it's never fun. You know, you kind of know when you have a good week going into the weekend because you don't like any of the games that you've chosen. But we do end up, and I think we said it on the first podcast this year, like we end up with Jacksonville all the time because it's always the right spot for them based on the trends. But at the end of the day, it's just a bad football team and a bad franchise. So it definitely gets frustrating, and you got to be patient, I think. And I, that's one thing. I mean, I agree with you, Mike. I'm concerned that, you know, it seems like these betting trends are getting more popular to follow. So, you know, I don't think the, the system has worked out very well this year. The other interesting thing, I think, is when we look at percent of the money in some of these games, 
and you've mentioned this the last couple of weeks, but it skews very high. Um, when I look today, Jacksonville was yet again for like the third week in a row, 99% of the money is on Jacksonville this upcoming week. And I don't understand it. I don't understand how the, the split is so significant, but you know, when you think you have a plan in place, it's tough to stick to it when uh, when it's not working. And the one thing I would say, you, know, you mentioned, Mike, the the favorites, the straight up and against the spread records. And Mark, you mentioned some of the odd things that we're facing this season with injuries and no fans and other things. You know, some of the best teams in the league are really good against the spread. So if I look at it, Green Bay, Seattle are both four and zero against the spread. Kansas City's three and one against the spread. This is a year to take some of these, you know, really good teams, even if they're big faves. You know, maybe we would do that more this year than we would in the past. It worked with uh, for us uh, on Baltimore this weekend. As it relates specifically this weekend, I mean, it was kind of interesting. All four of our games that we lost, we were all down two scores, and and they came back and scored to make it kind of a one-possession game where we could have covered, and for various reasons, we didn't. But those are situations you know you're going to be in. I, I stand by that that uh, Miami pick. I mean, if they I were agree. successful in the I red zone, too. like that's that's a much different game. Um, they just yeah. they just couldn't convert their, their red zone chances they in the red zone four or five times and they kick field goals four or five times and I don't know that, that was definitely the right side in that game I think yeah I, I actually I, I totally agree with you on Miami uh, Atlanta was really ugly to watch but I I still don't trust Green Bay and I'm gonna stop saying it on this podcast but you know I, I think I would probably make that pick again too and Detroit, I think we even said it the last few weeks Trav we said. We said Green Bay is going to be fadeable at some point. We just didn't know yeah. if we were striking too early, and we've done it the last two weeks and gotten burned. And yeah, you're right. Detroit was a panic pick. That was we were probably going to do New England. When who knows how that would have turned out if Cam would have played? But we were scrambling on Saturday when the Cam news came out, and then didn't know if we could commit to flipping the other way on Kansas City. We didn't know if the game was going to be played, and our picks are due at 7 p.m. So we ended up panicking and going with Detroit, which was a trendy, trendy dog pick for the week that was very popular and lost. Yeah. So I, I was watching the one o'clock games with um, my kids, including my, my nine year old daughter. And everyone knows kind of who we have in the weekend based on who I'm screaming at the TV for. And she was watching me. The, the Lions go up 14, nothing. And I'm, you know, doing circles around the family room. so excited. She goes out and does something, comes back they're down 28, 14. And she just goes, <laughs> what happened? It <laughs> was a bizarre game. Really bizarre game. But, but going back to the trends, um, you know, where we kind of target a game that has a high percent of the money and low percent of the bets. I mean, two, two of the games that we didn't really consider that did have good trends were the Carolina Panthers. I forget who they played. And then Cardinals. the Chargers, the, the Chargers versus the uh, versus the Buck, the Bucks. Those were Vikings, too. And the Vikings, Vikings as well. Yeah. I don't I don't want to totally get away from this idea. I mean, I, I do think it's a little bit more prevalent, um, but I, I still do think it's like a good barometer to have. No, you're right. It's like, how do we find the ones that are not the popular ones? I guess it's by like seeing which other ones other, everyone's talking about. But even that's kind of hard to gauge by strictly looking at the at the trends. We yeah. just always seem to take the ones that everybody else takes, too. So that should tell us that if. <laughs> Our first instincts tell us to take it, then we should look at the other ones that look even worse. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's important to kind of be a little bit cautious when you when we kind of target the the trendy sharp pick. But also, I think uh, you guys mentioned in the in the te- text chat that you're kind of looking at the coaching matchups, like which coaches you know are we really comfortable with, um, and you know whoever brought it up, like we went with like Matt Patricia and Dan Quinn this weekend. Like, and I know you said you stand by the Atlanta pick, but like those are two kind of shaky coaches um, historically. So just kind of looking back, kind of mad at myself for that yeah one more thing that i wrote down here i'm sorry Jeff. uh when i looked at like 
the games that we always end up taking are the ones where the line kind of moves in our favor, which kind of pounds it into our heads that we're making the right choice because the sharps are moving that line down. And those are the ones that are even more popular. Maybe maybe that's the reason. All the games that we took moved in our favor by the time we got to the games on Sunday, whereas the the games, other games you're talking about, like Minnesota and Carolina, those lines were pretty stagnant as well as the Chargers, which only moved like a half a point. Yeah, I think that's a good good point. I would also just uh, note that Mark, when he commented on us betting on bad coaches, mentioned Patricia and Dan Quinn, but was quick to not mention Doug Marone. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, I guess like in the heat of the moment, I'm like, why shouldn't we just take favorites? And if we're going to fucking lose, let's just lose at least like rooting for good quarterbacks and fun teams instead of rooting for the freaking Jaguars every week. Um, but I, yeah. I think we shouldn't we shouldn't abandon ship just yet. We're still right there. One four and one week and we'll be right back in it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would also just say like the Baltimore game. I mean, they were comfortable and cruising and then they put in fucking RG three. <laughs> Who yeah. you know back to the scene of the crime in Washington and promptly brings that game back into jeopardy for us. So you, you can't. It's none of it's predictable, but you just gotta yeah synthesize as much information as you can and make the best informed pick you can. All right, so let's go through it. Two games are off the board this week. Totally, we can't even take them. Buffalo, Tennessee, and New England, Denver. The Super Contest isn't even offering them because we don't know if those games are going to be played. Still don't know anything as we're taping this late on Wednesday night. That leaves us with a shorter amount of games to choose from, especially with the Lions and the Packers on by. So that's six teams out of the mix. Perhaps we want to look at the Thursday game, Tampa Bay at Chicago. The Super Contest line is bucks by three and a half on the road at Soldier Field. This line was at five and a half earlier in the week, but it's come down. 80% of the bets are on the bucks. 88% of the money is on Chicago. So this is kind of like one of those games we were talking about that where you're seeing these massive line movements and the massive splits. Initially, I think I love the Bears, but all that has kind of scared me off. Do either of you guys want to get involved in this game, Trav? Uh, no, it's a good point, though, not having the other two games in play to maybe consider the Thursday night game. I actually think this is a pretty interesting game to sit and watch. I don't have a great feel, I think, for either of these teams. I think it's two pretty good defenses, and I think Tampa has a quarterback advantage, but on a short week, I just... Don't know. I would prefer to stay away, but if someone has a good case either way, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, I, I liked it at five and a half. I don't like it at three and a half. Um, Bucks number two defense and DVOA. Uh, I still don't trust Foles. It seems like everybody just is assuming he's like a good quarterback. I didn't think he looked good last week. Yeah, I think this is, again, a queer stay away, especially because it's a Thursday game. Yeah, and now with the COVID news breaking on Saturdays with the testing the day before the games, <laughs> I don't even think we can ever consider taking a Thursday game this entire season. So it's more just what, what are we doing tomorrow personally? Well, that's a good point. You should clarify the reason for that is because we would then have to lock all five of our picks by Thursday. Correct. So we lose all that flexibility. Yeah, and if your game is not played, you don't get to like make a replacement pick. You just get a zero for that particular game, which is better than half of our picks anyway. But <laughs> Tampa Bay, number one overall in DVOA, Mark. You mentioned they're number two in defense, but number one overall. Because Mike is so down this week, we should mention maybe that, uh, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but if we took different sides of the same game, so as an example, if we took both Chicago and Tampa Bay, would we ensure ourselves a point in the contest? <laughs> is that <laughs> yes. their level of desperation? Well, I love how you, you always talked it like if we ever were, you know, in the yeah. top five, you just take a knee and take, you know, two sides. Yep. 
two sides in the same game uh, to kind of clinch the clinch the super contest. One one day maybe we'll be in that position. But the dream. the next quarter of the season does start now. I, they are giving out hundred thousand dollar bonuses per quarter. So someone the winner I believe was eighteen and two over the first four weeks of the season. So doubling up our score, which is pretty damn impressive. Cincinnati in Baltimore. The Ravens are favored by 12 and a half in the contest. Bengals are getting 58% of the bets and 86% of the money. This line opened around 13, so it's come down a little bit. Baltimore's number three overall in DVOA. Cincy's number 20. Burrow is 3-0-1 against the spread if you're going by super contest lines. I have to think that Cincinnati getting this many points is going to be extremely popular in the contest. Lamar did not practice today with a knee injury, so there's a little uncertainty there. It was off the board in some places. And then Schefter tweeted that it was no big deal, but definitely something to monitor as it goes along. I like Cincy, but I think it's going to be for sure one of the top three games taken. So that alone makes me want to take the other side. I'm fine staying away. Mark, do you have any opinions on this game? Uh, initially, I liked the Ravens, actually, just kind of a regress- regression coming from the Bengals after last week. I do think Burrow's good. I am just curious like how he's going to fare against better competition. Bengals have had pretty easy schedule so far. Um, and then just remembering like last year, I know it's obviously different quarterback. The Ravens won in Cincy 49-13 and then beat uh, Cincy 23-17 at home. Division game, I, I'm just, I just question how, how Burrow is going to be able to handle playing like a really good uh, Ravens defense. Um, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem, it seems like a good spot for the Ravens to me. Yeah, I agree. I kind of like the Ravens here. Um, I think Burrow, as we've said multiple times, is going to make you money as a as a as a dog against some bad teams here. I mean, I would just go back to that Cleveland game. Cleveland currently is a number one rushing attack in the league measured by yards per attempt. Number two is Baltimore and Cleveland, uh, you know, had that game well in hand against Cincinnati. And I know Burrow had the backdoor cover, but, you know, they beat him up pretty good rushing the ball. Cincinnati's rush defense is not very good. So I could I could see this game playing out similar to the Baltimore game against Washington last weekend. I think Cincinnati's going to be pretty popular again because Burrow is a pretty live dog here. Um, but I would I I would keep Baltimore in the mix. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely around to take Baltimore. I think we know that they're not going to have any problems stomping on anyone's throats late in the game, and maybe RG3's pick six or just pick lead to a touchdown last weekend will prevent them from even letting him take a chance. Because he just really dropped back in the end zone and threw it up for grabs. It was terrible. No, I was just going to say that, you know, note that Ronnie Stanley didn't play last week. And I, it doesn't sound like he's in question necessarily for the game, but just monitor it. Yeah, I think Baltimore injury is definitely something to monitor. Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll obviously check on Lamar. But I, I was kind of interested to see that Cincinnati's offense was 26th in DVOA and they're 27th in yards per play with 4.9. And like, given all the success that Burrow has had, I would have thought those numbers would have been more off the charts, considering the teams that they've played. Yeah. Like, like who do you, like who are the receivers? I feel like AJ Green's been pretty terrible. Boyd and T T Higgins. Boyd T Higgins actually was was an enormous star in college and was I think a pretty high draft pick this year. They have Boyd. They still have John Ross. He was on the, the field I think against uh, against Cleveland, but he didn't play much. No, no Evert anymore at tight end. No, and their good tight end, Zuma or whatever, got, I think got hurt in that uh, uh, Cleveland game. Mixon M- tore up the Jags. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a beast. Yeah. He's a really underrated running back. All right, we'll leave the Ravens in. I think that's a fun play. It's fun to root for them. I do think like the, the Ravens haven't even really hit their stride yet. They they struggled against Washington. I don't know. They still like have those few plays where they start these drives out throwing the ball twice, like trying to catch somebody off guard, and they need to just pound it. When they do that, they have success. So we'll keep them in. 
Moving on to our Falcons. Oh, they were terrible on Monday. Two chances for a backdoor cover, and they couldn't do it. Atlanta's hosting Carolina. Atlanta is favored by one and a half at home in the contests. This line opened at three and a half, so it's come down quite a bit after everybody watched them stink it up on Monday. 60% of the bets are on Carolina. 85% of the money is also on Carolina. I can't take watching this game, so I don't even want to talk about it. Trav, do you do you want to go either side here? Do you want to go back to Carolina after we, we went away from them for a week? No, I mean, it sucks we went away for them. It would have paid off nicely last weekend. Uh, the only thing to just note again is Atlanta is super banged up. I mean, both the safeties didn't play last week, and then their you know backup safety got hurt during the game and carted off. Uh, Julio didn't play in the second half of the game, and Ridley was uh, questionable coming in. It was totally a non-factor during the game. So Carolina seems pretty healthy. Atlanta is very banged up, but I worry about taking Carolina off back-to-back wins. You know, against Atlanta, that's been terrible all year, but does feel like they. You know, could have something on a, on a given day. I, I would agree. I think I think it's probably a stay away. I would consider. I wanted to consider Atlanta, but I think the injuries might be too much to kind of kind of think about. Um, last year, Falcons blew out the Panthers in both their games. Um, obviously, different teams, but like looking at the historical matchups, yeah, probably not the right spot to take either side. I would like to say Atlanta's do, but fuck. I mean, the Packers could do whatever they wanted to do on offense uh, this past Monday. Yeah, with no receivers, no, no receivers. I mean, that, that Atlanta defense is a mess. All right, let's put that one out for the for the time being. We can come back to it if we're desperate. Another big spread. A lot of them this weekend. Las Vegas going to Kansas City. Still might be some uncertainty here with what Raiders having one positive test. But I know they did practice today. So hopefully there's no more tomorrow in the contest. The Chiefs are favored by 12 and a half. There's no betting data either way because this game was taken off the board today. Probably a good spot to take the Raiders. I, I, I kind of like the Raiders if they're going to get uh, get healthy. I mean, I, I still think it's a, it's a very good offense. And if they're getting rugs and maybe a couple of their linemen that have been out, um, I think it's an interesting interesting side, especially Chiefs coming off a short week. You know, I'm sure they, they were kind of amped up for that Patriots game, even though Cam was out. Division game, too, for the Raiders. They're coming off a loss. You know, actually, two straight losses. So I, I think it's a good spot for the Raiders. Yeah, I'm just a little bit cautious. I mean, I liked them last weekend, and and Mark, you were right to keep us away from that, and we would have been better following your advice with Buffalo. But I like the Raiders. I don't want to pick against them off a loss in Kansas City off a win, but just you know, keep in mind the Raiders have given up 30 or more points in every game they've played. They're the bottom five in opponent points per play, so their defense has not been good. And actually, opponents point per play, um, Kansas City's number two in the league defensively, behind only Indy. Um, so that defense has been surprisingly pretty good this year. You know, we keep that in mind. The yeah, uh, Chiefs are uh, number five in DVOA defense. Which are I was, they? I was surprised by that. Yeah, I, I, defense is pretty good. I, it's a lot of points, though, so I could certainly see... You know, this being the week for the Raiders. Carr did go out late in the game. I don't know what the deal is with that, if, if he's definitely going to play. But again, the, those receivers, we know they're they're all banged up. We'll keep that one sort of in the middle ground and, and come back to that later in the week. I think there's too many Raiders injuries to ever commit to them at this stage in the week. It's like every Friday that report has like 15 guys on it. So we got to see how that goes. Philly, Pittsburgh, the Battle of Pennsylvania is in the Steel City this week. Steelers are laying seven at home. 76% of the bets are on Pittsburgh. 79% of the money's on Pittsburgh. Who knows what Pittsburgh is going to look like after the layoff and then sort of mini buy after their Titans game was canceled. Eagles uh, off a primetime win. I don't know. I mean, 
everything says you should take the Eagles. I still don't want to get involved with them. I don't. I wasn't even that impressed with their win on Sunday night. Trav, do you have any lean here? Um, if I had to, I think I would lean Pittsburgh, um, but I, I don't have a great feeling. I mean, Philly looked okay against San Francisco, but you know, it was the first time Nick Mullins just looked totally lost out there. So I don't know how much stock I really put in that game. Philly's another team that's like so banged up. It's kind of hard to know like who's playing week to week. Yeah, I mean, Lane Johnson's injured again. He didn't practice today. That cornerback, Avante Maddox, did not practice. They had a safety who didn't practice. Who knows who's playing a wide receiver for the Eagles every week. Wentz is totally under assault. He makes good decisions. He makes bad decisions. I would agree. I would probably lean towards taking Pittsburgh here, but it seems like a it seems like a stay away. It seems like seven's the right line, no? Yeah, I don't think there's much value in it, but I just, uh, you know, if we're looking for more opportunities to take some good teams, you know, maybe it's one. It's good defense. We know that. Yeah, there is some I was like reading like some analytics talk that Ben arm strength, just not not where it was. Yeah, historical. Obviously, he's coming off like a, a major injury, but something food for thought there. Look, he, he's going to he, he's going to collapse in, into himself one day. It's just knowing the right time to, to decide that it's happening. He was getting better each and every week, too. If yeah, maybe the, maybe the layoff like helped. Like, who knows? I think right. he's actually been overrated for years, but I'll just keep that to myself. No one, no one will hear it. <laughs> you got 45 listeners. You heard it. <laughs> Just like the Packers. Big Ben will be fadeable later in the year. <laughs> Yet another big line, although not as big as it was earlier in the week. The Rams at the Washington football team. Sean McVay, revenge game coming back to Washington. This opened at Los Angeles by nine and a half. Super contest line is seven. That's even after the Kyle Allen news came out that he will be replacing Dwayne Haskins as the Washington football team starter. I was very upset to see this news. I was ready to pound the table to take the Rams here off that stinker against the Giants. Now I don't know. I kind of liked Kyle Allen last year. He did some good things for us when we took Carolina. He's got familiarity with Rivera. He's got familiarity with Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator. I kind of like Washington's weapons if they actually have a semi-decent quarterback who's not going to turn it over three, four times a, a game and take terrible sacks. 73% of the bets are on the Rams. 80% of the money's on the Rams. Going back to last week and Trav's stats about NFC West against NFC East. Mark, I'm guessing you might be on Washington here. Where where do you stand? Uh, I, I liked it at nine and a half a lot more. Uh, it's still it's still intrigued. I, I do like Kyle Allen. I was just going to look up uh, his like historically how he's done as a starting quarterback. I, I know he did he had a couple wins last year at the Panthers, but then I feel like he fell off a cliff uh, for whatever reason. But I don't know. It, it seems like an interesting side to me, maybe a little unique. What do, you, what do you guys think? I feel like the Rams never actually put anyone away, so I could see a backdoor cover opportunity here. I, I would keep Washington, I think, in the mix. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm, I'm just wary against them having played so sloppily against the Giants. I don't know. Is that maybe because the Giants defense is sneaky good or were they just sleepwalking thinking they were going to win that game without having to do much? It's probably both, I think. I mean, I definitely there's something to these coaches against these really bad teams, you know, not wanting to show too much. I truly believe that. And then I do think the Giants defense for all the shit I've given them, they are they're better than I would have expected. So but I still think that's more on the Rams than the Giants defense, honestly. If Washington had a competent quarterback, I feel like they that that game against the Browns would have been a lot different. I totally I mean. They, they, they could easily be first place in their division. I, I don't know. Like their defense is really good, if they're, especially if they're getting Chase Young back this week. I don't think Kyle Allen's going to turn the ball over as much as Haskins, but the question is, can he make you know enough plays to, to get some points on the board? Yeah, the one thing that Haskins had was a good rapport with McLaurin, who's by far Washington's best, most dynamic weapon. I don't know 
what that looks like with Kyle Allen. I mean, Kyle Allen seems like a pretty tough guy. I, we liked him, like you said, Mike. I, I was reading, uh, like, McLaurin's been dealing with, like, a hamstring injury. This yeah, he didn't, practice, he didn't practice today again. It seems like a pretty standard Wednesday off day for him. Chase Young also didn't practice yet already yeah. today, so we don't know about him. Yeah, you, I, you did say Kyle Allen doesn't turn it over. Last year, he played in 13 games with the Panthers, 17 touchdown passes, 16 interceptions. <laughs> so yeah. mm-hmm. he turns Perfect. it over plenty. <laughs> but not, maybe not at the rate as, as Dennis Haskins. <laughs> yes. Rams number two DVOA offense. Washington number four DVOA defense, despite kind of getting torched last week by the Ravens. So That's still a good unit. Yeah, that, that Ravens game is also much closer than it appeared because of the gift that RG3 gave him. By the way, you guys think, I don't know if you saw Rivera's, or Mike, I think you sent his his quote around, like, that they're actually going to, like, try at the end of the games, like, if they're, <laughs> like, I, like... <laughs> Well, they I tried last week. That. I can't believe you said that all of a sudden, though. It's like, oh, we're actually in the division race. Like, so I'm going to start start playing hard in the division race. I mean, they're they're half game back. I know. <laughs> so it's, it's they're right there. They were in first place until the Eagles pulled that game out of their hat in in uh, San Francisco. They would have been would have been amazing if they would have been in first place benching their starting quarterback. <laughs> I mean, the division's a total nightmare. Like the Cowboys' only win is that freaking Atlanta game that they shouldn't have. It's it's crazy. It's so bad. <laughs> It's so awful. There was an article today that came out. I think Sports Illustrated had it about, oh, you know, how bad the NFC East has really been in the last decade. It's like, yeah, you think? But they do have two two Super Bowl titles, but every year they're terrible. It's awful. Ugh. All right. Well, these big lines, big road favorites are continuing. Now we move to Mark's Jets. Joe Flacco and the Jets hosting <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. This line opened to Arizona minus eight and a half. It's come down to minus seven. A lot of lot of money on the Jets here. Eighty-seven percent of the bets are on the Cardinals, but eighty-five percent of the money is on the Jets. So the alarm bells are going off in my head. I'm actually kind of disappointed that it's Flacco. I would have been more excited to lay the seven with Arizona off back-to-back losses against Darnold because I just think there's just like so much animosity and bad juju with Darnold and Gase and the whole offense that like maybe a change for one week with Flacco might be different. Also on the flip side, Arizona's offense has been abysmal the last two weeks. It's been pretty much bad all year. Kyler's just covered up a lot of it with some of his scrambles. Mark, as our resident Jets expert, what are your thoughts on this game? I I hate to say it. I I think this might be the first time on the podcast where I'm going to advocate taking the Jets. Um, I, I think, Coming off the the Thursday primetime loss, they have an extended week to kind of prepare. Kyler Murray averaging a league low 9.3 yards per completion. Um, I was surprised to see that. I, th- I actually thought the defense played pretty well. They hung in there last week against Denver, and I know and they're undrafted play. rookie quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> and they were kind of like besieged by like 10 uh, roughing the passer penalties. That's not fluky though. That's Greg Williams. I know, I know. I I I, I do think there will be an emphasis on like cleaning up those penalties this week, which which I do think are correctable. I, I like the trends. I, I think it's a decent spot. I, I know you said uh, Arizona's coming off two losses, so I get it. But if we wanted to do like a, a risky risky strategy this week, I would advocate taking the Jets. Yeah, that's um, disheartening for me to hear because you crushed me head to head last weekend, Mark, and I kind of wanted to take the Cardinals this week off the back to back losses. And I don't think the I mean. Everyone's talking about how the offense is so ineffective. You know, it's been a couple weeks of that, but I still think they have enough talent to play well on a given day. And I think the Jets is a defense that, 
you know, I think you can get kind of healthy again. So I was going to suggest Arizona. I won't do that now. You can. No, you suggest Arizona because I'm on Arizona as well. I mean, so that's I, two I just, against one. We don't, that means we don't necessarily have to take it, but yeah, don't, don't, I don't give like, it up because Mark's on it. Well, the trends are bad, obviously, for the Arizona side, but that hasn't meant much in the last few weeks where the trends really didn't mean much. But I don't think Arizona is as bad as they've been the last couple of weeks. For for the listeners, like historically, I I have usually have a terrible read on the Jets just because I'm I'm naturally biased. So I, I would definitely defer to you guys on this game. I agree with Mike's point on Flacco. Like I I kind of wish it were Darnold. Yeah, it's so weird because like Flacco's just like done nothing over the last four years to instill any sort of confidence that he's competent. No, not none at all. I mean, he, he my he's gonna be terrible. I'm very confident of that. But it's so it's not what I was expecting. <laughs> Buda Baker is back at practice today for Arizona. I mean, he's their best player on defense, so that's that's huge, obviously. I will point out, it looks like Kenyon Drake's not going to play, so it'll probably be that Chase Edmonds guy. Yeah, he's I was a, in the he's a local. He was a local kid who burned the Giants last yeah, week at MetLife yeah. Stadium. Last year, I was there for that game. Though. He was <laughs> he had like 350 yards rushing, if I remember correctly, uh, in the guys, pouring rain. Do you guys think this game, uh, Arizona, could be consensus? He's a Fordham kid, by the way. No, I think, I mean, judging by these trends, it looks like this is going to be the game where everyone's on the Jets. Well, yeah. you're assuming that everybody's going to take the money side, not the bet side. Yeah, That's I don't know what to think That's what's been happening so far, it's, yeah. it feels like. I think this is one maybe we monitor and see, you know, all of our quote-unquote pro sources that we follow, um, see if a lot of them have the Jets in this game. Yeah. As, as the week goes on, and maybe one, this may be a good test case for that. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, because I think the the people who play this contest, if you either live in Vegas or had the wherewithal and means to make it to Vegas during a pandemic, you probably are more of a sharp thinker than the normal people who enter this contest. So it seems like the games with the high percentage of money are the ones that are getting the popular action. That's a good point. I wonder what the tackle situation is for the Jets, Mark. Do you have any idea? I know Becton came out of the game. Yeah, I don't think Becton's going to play this week. Uh, Le'Veon Bell might be back. I think he practiced today, uh, but I think he's still technically on injured reserve. Um, I don't think they're getting any of their receivers back, so they're still concerned there. I mean, Becton's been their best player as a rookie. Yeah, for sure. On offense, it's hard to believe. The one week that Mark wants to take the Jets is when Joe Flacco's playing quarterback. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. The more I I talk about it and hear you guys out, like it's not, not a strong lean. Like I could easily be talked into Arizona. Okay, good, because it's hard, slim pickings out there. Here's a game that we've been texting about a lot because of the Bill O'Brien news. Houston hosting the Jaguars. 73-year-old Romeo Cornell installed as interim head coach after Bill O'Brien was fired as GM and head coach after some terrible off-season moves over the past few years. In the contest, this line is Houston by six. Texans are getting 64% of the bets, and as Trav mentioned earlier, Jacksonville's getting close to 99% of the money. I'm willing to take Houston blindly here. New head coach, all these reports about Bill O'Brien, player revolting, a fight with J.J. Watt. I think there's going to be good vibes. The Jags' defense is, is just awful. 32nd in DVOA. I've watched them plenty this year. They can't stop anybody on the ground. They can't stop anybody doing anything. Mark, as our resident Jags fan, <laughs> as well as Jets fans, try and talk me out of taking the Texans this week. It's going to be hard. Yeah, well, I don't like the trends, that's for sure. But I, I do agree with the idea of the interim coach. I feel like the first game, I, I think uh, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders did like a study once where there's usually like a one-game bump 
after the interim coach comes in. But then then after the first game, like the team immediately reverts to how they were playing before before the, the coaching change. Um, so I do like it in that respect. I was just going to look at, I'm curious, like how these teams fared last year. I think they were close games, if I remember correctly. I actually think we took the Jaguars in Houston last year and they covered. But what, what, what do you guys think? I'm kind of with Mike. I mean, I, I the, the interim coach bump, I think, is typically for guys like, you know, I think like Dan Campbell or when Tony Sperano was interim coach at one point, like guys that are just going to go crazy trying to motivate the team. That's not Romeo. But I think Romeo's smart enough after all these years to, I don't know, just maybe step back. And, and I, I do think there's going to be something of a relief for these players. Like this is the highest payroll in the league. They have talent all over the roster, you know, whether it's actually good or not. Um, you know, there are people here that know how to play. And I think Bill O'Brien's been a net negative despite his four division titles in the last five years or whatever it is. Uh, on the first podcast, I said any other franchise would have fired him multiple times by now. It's finally out. I like Romeo. It is ironic, as I said, during the in the middle of a global pandemic that um, disproportionately impacts obese older people that your your new interim coach is 74 <laughs> years old and weighs about 450 pounds but um it checks other other certain boxes as well but um i, I like houston i think we keep it in the mix. yeah houston jags, jags are two and oh against the in the division against the spread houston's zero and four against the spread so they're definitely due Oh, and four straight up. They had three impossible opponents to start the year in Casey, Baltimore Steelers. You can almost throw those games out. They did play well against Pittsburgh. And then last week, it seemed like the situation was too toxic for them to even compete. I will point out these injuries for Jacksonville players who did not practice today. Josh Allen, Miles Jack, Cam Robinson all got hurt in that game, didn't practice today. Cornerbacks, DJ Hayden and CJ Henderson. And it seems like Houston is relatively healthy. So but those guys might end up playing, but something to monitor. And if you know, the Jags are going to miss their best offensive lineman and one of those two playmakers on defense. That makes this even tastier for me. Are, are Houston's receivers healthy? Everybody's like, back. Yeah. Fuller and Cook? Okay. I, I'm intrigued. That's at least, it could be a fun one to watch for once. It, it's so interesting because we were talking about the trends at the top and this is would be going the, the total opposite way how we've historically done it. Yes. But maybe you're right. Maybe it's just it's flipping the script this year. I still times. can't figure out the the Jags getting 99%. I think this is three weeks in a row they've gotten 99% of the money. And I just, that seems so fishy to me. And we'd like blindly accept the Action Network numbers and maybe yeah. that's not right. Maybe there's just not that many bets on them, on these games in general. And that explains it too. That like a couple big bets kind of skew all of that. I don't know. Yeah, but but think about it. That would mean that someone places a $99 bet on the and only other bet is a $1 bet on the Texans. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, you're right. That's it for the 1 o'clock games. We got some there in the mix. We can revisit later when we recap, but let's move to 4. We got Miami at San Francisco. This game opens San Francisco minus 8.5. In the contest, it's also 8.5. 84% of the bets are on Miami. I have no data on the money, but it seems like everybody wants to back Fitzy again. It was there for the taking last week, and and he just blew it. Do we want to go back to Fitzy again? They can fight, but Jimmy G's going to be back for San Francisco. I don't know. Maybe he shows some rust. Mark, what do you think here? Uh, I, I like the Niners. Um, I, I feel like everybody's kind of leaning towards Miami. Miami's run defense, not very good. Uh, San Francisco's a really good running team. Uh, I get to see them controlling the clock and assuming Jimmy G's going to be healthy. Uh, they'll have the, you know, the, obviously the quarterback advantage. I, I still like them as a team, and I, I do like uh, Kyle Shanahan coming off a loss. Uh, I just trust him as a coach. Again, a lot of points, but seems like a, a good spot for to me to take San Francisco. I agree. I mean, I don't have a great 
feel for it, but off a loss, getting Jimmy G back. The defense, San Francisco, despite the injuries, has been pretty good still. So I would keep him in the mix. And, you know, Fitzy, you know, he's a fun guy to to be behind because he never quits. But uh, I've seen enough this year. I'm not I'm not thrilled. I'm very I'm very angry with him right now. I really thought Tua was going to be in for this week, but maybe they don't want to do it to him against the Niners on the road. That's not fair. They'll probably wait for him to be at home. So this could be, you know, we're counting down towards the end of the Fitzy run here. I don't know if any team's going to give him a chance after this to start. Lombardi had a good point how, like, Miami better be, like, really sure that Tua is better than than Herbert. Um, otherwise, that pick looks like a disaster in retrospect, especially, and especially if he's going to be injury-prone, too, like taking, taking Tua over Herbert. Yeah, I mean, we... We make decisions on these things really quickly. It takes a couple of years. I mean, it's a good point. It's a fair point. It doesn't take a couple of years. Apparently, Washington's already made their decision. We get a new coach. <laughs> in, no, you get a new coach in there. He he should be able to pick his quarterback. I hate to say it, but like he brought his own guy from Carolina. It's this is the problem. This is why all this shit needs to be lined up. Like you need to have a GM pick the coach and the quarterback. This yeah. is why with the, the way the Giants do it is so fucking terrible because the GM picked the quarterback, not the. It's, yeah, it's no, still the Jets still, did it the same way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's still weird to me that, that Washington didn't sign Cam Newton in the offseason. Like that it seems like a clear fit. I guess maybe they were, the general manager was convinced about uh about Haskins, but I think I think that Rivera and Cam had just had enough of each other at that point. Well I, I was reading it might have been the offensive coordinator Scott Turner that didn't get along with Cam. Mm. I don't know if it was Rivera too. It could have been. Let's well go. either way, I think we're growing because I was fully expecting both of you to want to take the Dolphins this week again. So the fact that you're both on San Francisco makes me want to jump on that side. And I'm very excited about it. Interestingly, uh, San Francisco is number five defense in DVOA despite their injuries, which I thought was a little surprising. They also have played the Giants and the Jets. I I think it does take in opponent adjustments. Supposed to, but it, it is funny. I've been tracking, Mark, I don't have DVOA in front of me, but I have opponent points per play. And that's the second one. I think Baltimore, Kansas City was the first one that lined up almost exactly DVOA and opponent points per play where San Francisco is fourth in the league. Yeah. They're second in the league in uh, yards per play as well. So defense is legit and they keep showing the defensive coordinator every, every Ugh. time. They- <laughs> yeah. I can't stand him. All right. We're just all big lines the whole weekend. Dallas hosting the giants. This line opened 11. It's now down to nine and a half in the contest in favor of the Cowboys at home. Dallas getting 60% of the bets. Giants getting 53% of the money. Giants are number 32 in DVOA, 32 in offense, but 11 in defense. So there is hope. Are we taking the Giants this week? We didn't do it last week. That proved to be a bad idea. We didn't really discuss them last week, but we didn't take them the week before when we were really entertaining them. Trav, are we doing it this week? Uh, not, not for me. I mean, this is unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Dallas has the worst defensive points per play in the league. The Giants have absolutely the worst offensive offense in the league outside of the Rams game. Dallas has put up 30 plus points in every game. So I think they score. Um, I know the, the, both the Falcons game and the game last week were a little strange. They put up a lot of points late, um, but the offense can definitely score. I know the Giants defense has been sneaky. Good. Dallas defense is bad. The Giants offense is bad. This is like two teams looking in the mirror at each other. I, I don't like it, but I think I would actually lean Dallas. Yeah. I don't want any part of this game. There's plenty of big lines. There's plenty of games that we've, kind of circled or leaned one way and i just can't think rationally about any of it so i don't i don't want to touch it i don't even really want to watch it that much <laughs> uh okay i i don't have a uh, thought really my, my it seems like a mike was... mccarthy it seems like a mike mccarthy get right game 
to yeah. get everybody off his back a little bit because like he's signed for five years and it's like he's already well, you know, like next coach fired like number four on the list no i mean is he's he an right? offensive guy and the offense has been good that's the problem it's the defense is terrible but the giants offense is awful like, well apparently he picked uh, mike nolan to be his defense coordinator and mike nolan hadn't coached in the nfl for the last five years or something when I moved uh, back to to New Jersey from Chicago, Mike Nolan was obviously the defensive coordinator of the Giants at the time, and he lived in town. And one of the first kids I met and had a get-together with was his son, also Mike Nolan. Oh, interesting. Not really, but that's what you get. You, do you guys remember he was the head coach of the 49ers briefly? Yeah, wore the suit. So how old well, is suit. Mike Nolan now? He's <laughs> probably uh, 65. 60s, yeah. That brings me to the Dolphins a little bit. I know I forget what podcast I was listening to today where they were. I think it was Joe House was calling him Grandpa Gailey, where they kind of just got Chan Gailey like out of doing nothing for three years. And now yeah. he's calling plays and the offense is terrible. Yeah, he's he's like been, you can. Def- I feel like you can defend a Mike Nolan or a Chan Gailey hire because it's like, oh, he's a career football guy. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, there's no other defense for it, but I don't know. It's a name. Chan Gailey's Mike- uh, been with three AFC East teams. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah, him and Fitzy. Mike Nolan's father was a coach in the league forever. That's why he wore the suit to honor right. his uh, right. his dad. That's right. Yeah. But he looked sharp suits. as hell in the suit, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's just it's just weird to do it now nowadays, I guess. We're we're closing in here. Only a few more games left to discuss, but some good ones. Indy at Cleveland. Colts are laying one and a half on the road in the contest. This line opened Colts two and a half. Cleveland getting fifty eight percent of the bets and eighty nine percent of the money. So this this one I was kind of looking at, like, I feel like this one's going to be really popular for lots of people taking the Browns. I do think it's a good top spot to take Cleveland. I also don't think they've really beaten anybody that great. Indy, number four overall in DVOA, number one on defense. I do think this is a tough matchup for them, too. I lean Indy, but I kind of just want to stay away from this one. Trav, where do you stand here? I'm with you. Um, I like Indy's defense against Cleveland, uh, obviously without... Chubb, but that running game is still really good. But they have a bunch of linebacker injuries, I think. Leonard and Okariki are hurt, and then their other backup, I think, is also questionable. If that's the case and this turns into a shootout, Rivers would scare me in a shootout. So I kind of want to watch the game, but I don't know that I really want to bet it. I'm intrigued by the Colts. Uh, I'm still not convinced that Baker is a good quarterback. Like I, I know yeah. they've been putting up points, but like he only had like 169 yards passing last week. Like yeah, it's because the were, running game is so good. And, and there's a like gadget place, right? Like they had Landry through a touchdown. Like they did another Beckham end around or something. But um, I think they have the talent to do it. And it works. I mean, I, I do think the Colts are very improved defense. I know they haven't played anybody oh, yet. Yeah. But, I, I, I agree know. with I, you. I mean, that's the side I lean. I just, I, I could, I, I said I want to fade Cleveland as the year goes on. I like the Colts a lot. The defense is really good. I'm with you on the side. I just don't know. When we get to, to picking our top five out of like seven or eight games in the mix, that's going to be a scary one. But it's yeah, probably River, the right one. Rivers is not going to be in my top five. You're mentioning quarterbacks you don't think are that good. Like he has gotten away with so many bad throws, yeah. dropped interceptions this year that would have cost them at least one game, maybe two. So beating the Bears, I don't know what the hell the Bears are doing in that game. I didn't really see much of it, to be honest. They beat the Jets, whatever. Vikings were a total disaster when they played them and they lost to the Jags. So. I don't know. This is a tough spot going into Cleveland where there will be some fans in the stands, too. I would keep Indy alive, though, because I... Yeah, that's fair. All right, Sunday night. Another big line. Minnesota at Seattle. Seattle laying seven. This line opened at nine, so it's come down a bit. 71% of the bets are on the Seahawks. 
90% of the money is on Minnesota. So everybody's hopping on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon. They do not realize that he cannot play games in prime time. I'm not going against Russell Wilson again this week. I don't care. I'm just not doing it. So <laughs> does anyone want to go against Russell Wilson again? He's just ripped our heart outs twice this year. He didn't even play well last week and they covered. I, I, I do like the Vikings. It's like Zimmer historically has actually played uh, the Seahawks well. Last year, they went into Seattle 130-27. You know, the Seahawks can't be covering every every week. It's got to end at some point. But the I question agree. is, do we want to we want to try to time it? I don't. I'm fine to stay away. I, I, I just do like the Vikings as a side. Entering this year, Kirk Cousins was 43-36-2 as a starter, 8-15-1 in primetime. Or not 1 o'clock games, I'm sorry. Just not 1 o'clock. So that's four o'clock games. Yes. Okay. Or Thursday or Sunday night or Monday night. Apparently he's one of those creatures of habit. My least favorite sports analysis that anyone says <laughs> that, that athletes are creatures of habit. We're all freaking creatures of habit. We're humans. <laughs> all right. So what are we doing with that game? I don't even know. I mean, I kind of blacked out. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> you guys seem to not be enthused. So I'm fine. I'm fine. Anyway, Monday night, I'm not really enthused about this one either. Chargers at the Saints. Drew Brees in prime time always kills us, although we won against him in Las Vegas earlier this year. New Orleans laying seven and a half at home. This game might move to Indy because of Hurricane Delta. 61% of the bets are on the Saints. 92% of the money is on the Chargers. So very similar situation to last week, similar line to last week. Tampa did lose to New Orleans. So the line's similar, even though they're playing maybe a better opponent. I don't know. Herbert in primetime, first primetime game. He's fared well so far in his two starts. I got to say, I didn't think he was going to be good in the NFL, and he's been really, really impressive. Although I don't know how they blew that game in Tampa Bay. Trav, do you like the Chargers here? I have them circled, um, but this is New Orleans' third game in primetime through five weeks, if you could believe it. That's just ridiculous. And they're 0-2 in those games. Uh, They're 0-2 in those games. Uh, This is a tough one. Los Angeles still very banged up. Uh, you know, he got off to a hot start in Tampa, but that turnover before the half killed him. At the end of the day, uh, I could see a similar game. I don't know. I guess I would keep the Chargers alive, but I don't have. I mean, Eckler's out, I believe. That yep. hurts. This line is eight in the contest. Seven, seven and, and a half. Because I, I okay. yeah, I had it at eight earlier, and I just changed it to seven and a half because that that helps. I mean, getting that extra half point definitely helps. Yeah. Crazy. The the Chargers scored four touchdowns last Sunday that covered uh, 222 yards, and the Bucks scored Insane. five touchdowns that, that only covered 65 yards. Mike texted that Tom Brady was washed before he threw his five touchdown passes. I reverse jinxed the <laughs> shit out of Tom Brady last week. God, he really showed me. <laughs> but I, I the Chargers' defense is not that good. That's what that proved to me. Yeah. Like, they're uh, just too banged up. They're missing too many guys. Like It worked for a little bit, but... Over yeah. the course of a full game against a good team, you're going to get exposed, and they're going to, a good team is going to pick you apart. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't know. I, I just hate the, the Saints. Just it's a, such a hard team for me to read. And, and I feel like this. we end up betting on or against them every week, and I, it, a break would be nice. I need a break from Monday night too. You know, yeah. I, I like the new guys, but we were all fed up with Steve Levy at the end of this one. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was going our way, and everything that he said was somehow. Shut up, way. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if we if we take out those two primetime games, here is what we've sort of leaned. Baltimore, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, Washington, Arizona, Houston, San Francisco, and Indy. That's eight. So that's a nice, healthy number to head into the weekend with. What, what would be your favorite game right now and your least favorite game right now, Mark? Uh, favorite? Probably 
Baltimore, I think, or or San Francisco. One of those two. I was going to say Baltimore would have been my favorite. What about you, Mike? Houston or Baltimore. So Baltimore's looking real good for us, assuming that Lamar Jackson's playing. And then, what do you think that line drops to if it's RG3? Just out of curiosity. Ugh. Like, uh, like under 10. What would you say? I think it goes to like three. It, no. I think it, it, it wouldn't. It probably should. So if that were the case, I would bang the hell out of the Bengals. Yeah. Wait, so, if it's three, you, you would take... You would take well, the no, it's the super no, 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 no. I'm saying, no, no, I'm saying if, because I agree with Mike, it should go much further than it actually would. So, like, if RG3 is going to play and that line goes to just 10, I would take the Bengals. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think my least favorite is Indy. I just, that seems like a good game. I'm excited to watch it, and I don't. Rivers is due for a stinker against some gambling betters. Defense is good. I don't know. Well, that's the only small game we circled. We have Ravens by 13, Raiders plus 12 and a half, Pittsburgh by seven, Washington seven point dog, Cardinals seven point favorite, Houston laying six, San Francisco laying eight and a half. So Indy was only laying the one and a half. I, I, I think my least favorite is, is probably Pittsburgh. I am still on the Philly train, I guess. But again, it depends on I, their health. I, have, I don't have a strong inkling on Pittsburgh, so I'm fine even getting rid of that right now if we want to. I don't know if I'll ever. Yeah, we, 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 we said that line felt right, so. Yeah, we don't want to get rid of it, though. It's one of those games where if we see bad injury reports in other games, I could see it coming back into the mix, but I, I don't think there's any value on the line. The line's right. Yeah. I don't love, I think I don't love Washington. I would keep it in because I, I want to hear the case as the week goes on. I, it could, But yeah, the Rams always do play close games. That's I, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I don't love it either. All these other games were like dealing with legit quarterbacks. So we kind of know what we're getting in Kyle Allen and at least... The, the offense will be the same, but the, the players around him won't be the same. That's what worries me. But they can win the division. <laughs> yeah. The it Giants can win the division. <laughs> yeah, Giants are alive. If they score a touchdown this week, look out. All right, Mark, you got the uh, you got the announcers? Uh, I do. I know, so, there's, I know there's a trick this week. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So the, <laughs> I didn't know how to even phrase I'll, it. I'll, I'll see if Travin gets the other one. So Giants-Dallas is on CBS. So I'm guessing that they're letting Romo do the one Cowboys game. This year, right? Yes. Yep. That's the yep. 425er. Fucking CBS gets this is the game, and it's the 0 and 4 Giants and the 1 and 3 Cowboys who should be winless. Yuck. It doesn't matter. Everybody watches the Cowboys. They, I know. They're but it's still, in the country. They're so bad. <laughs> Tony. To, I forget who who's Fox's number two teams because uh, Aikman and, and Buck aren't doing the game Burkhart. Sunday. Oh, they're off again. Yeah. Burkhart yeah it's Burkhart. So are they on a one o'clock game this week? I guess. Is it possible he's not doing a game? Oh yeah, he's doing baseball. He's, okay. he's the host of the NLCS Jesus. on a uh, Fox. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who the number two team there, is. Is then. Kenny Albert still number? Th- is he still Kenny in the Albert's mix over doing there? A game. Uh, Dick Stockton did a game last week. Yeah. he's like eighty-three. <laughs> Unbelievable. Did he do it from his living room? I wouldn't know. He was there. People. I forget which. It was one of the uh, one of the really shitty one o'clock games. Of which uh, there were many. Yeah, so Aikman and Buck are doing uh, Bucks Bears. That's it. That's the game of the week, I think. Is there a better game? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe Colts. Colts. Yeah, uh, Browns, I, I like that Colts yeah. Browns game. Who's doing Colts Browns? Do you have that mark? Because yeah. that's the wait, mark. Wait. Game. Let me get. Is that's going to be Eagle? Wait, that's a four. So so CBS. Yeah. At four twenty-five is going to show the world the Giants, the Cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> and and Cleveland, like only Cleveland and Indy are going to see that game. 
Yeah, it's right. a big, big markets. I mean, yikes. I think because Tony makes twenty million a year, he's like contractually obligated to do like three Cowboys games a year, even though <laughs> they're just. Well, I mean, fox. they do play four AFC teams. You're never gonna guess who's doing the ND Cleveland game. All right, well, hang on. Is it on CBS? Yes. Kevin Harlan. No. Damn. Spiro Didis. <laughs> that is correct. Him yes. Adam oh. Archuleta. Adam Archuleta was like a safety for the Rams, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I also have a, a great trivia question that I came across uh, this week. Who is the only player to throw an interception and intercept a pass in the same game? And what I'll tell you is that you see him every week uh, if you're watching you know, the NFL in, in some capacity. So it's not Adam Archuleta. It's not Adam Archuleta. <laughs> Charles Woodson. No, that's a good guess. He's not um, there. He's not on the coverage anymore. It's his birthday today, so I needed to shout him out. Forty-four. He, he, he is part Charles. of the uh, network's coverage. Is it Dion? Not Dion. Dion's not part of coverage anymore. Well, he's barstool, so I didn't know. No. Oh, uh, is it an NFL? Is it an NFL like, network? Thing? No. So he threw an interception and intercepted a pass. Same game. So it could have been like a quarterback who like comes in for like the Hail Mary at the end of the game. What Maybe. quarterbacks come in for Hail Mary? <laughs> Athletic <laughs> ones? I don't know. Uh, it's nobody on the Fox studio show because there's no way it was Howie or Terry. <laughs> Maybe it was Terry. Uh, was it Terry? No. <laughs> what about Strahan? That no. seems unlikely. No. Not Strahan. All right. So okay. they're out. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Boomer? No. Is he? Does he do a game or is he a studio guy? He's a studio guy. Steve Young. No. Fuck. That's a good, that's a good guess. <laughs> Nate Burleson. No. Oh. Phil Sims. Nope. Yeah. I'm running out of guys. <laughs> no. He's, he's a studio guy. Mike Vick. Randy Moss. No, nope, not Randy. That's a good guess. What? What? Uh, what decade? I would assume seventies. I think seventies. Mm. Oh, seventies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Studio guy? Cower? Dungy! Dungy. Dungy! For the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> wow. Great call. I guess, I guess Terry Bradshaw and some guy named Kruchek both went out with injuries at the, in the game, and he came in as an emergency quarterback through an INT. Wow. Did he play quarterback in Minnesota? I know he played defensive back. No, he, he, was, he, a, may have been he was a safety. No, he was a safety in, well, oh, you're talking about in college. Okay. Yeah, in college. He, yeah. May have been, he may have played quarterback. That's crazy. Great, great call, Mike. Great trivia, Mark. I love it. Well, Should we leave our audience with, uh, I don't know if it's your guys' favorite question, but my favorite question from the Francesca Super Bowl trivia is always, four schools have produced both a U.S. president and a Super Bowl winning quarterback. What are they? Hmm. Hmm. All right, we'll let it's everybody always... think about that. If you want to answer it, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify <laughs> with the answer and we'll shout you out next weekend. You know, one of the 50 of you out there listening, we hope look for our picks on podcastpicks.co. subscribe, tell your friends, share whoever and, uh, go against us. Cause you know, we're on a downward trend. So we, if you're looking to make some money, don't listen to us and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks Mark and Jeff. Thank you. Thanks.